Hallelujah, Christ is risen. The Lord is risen indeed. Alleluia. I speak to you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. A few decades ago, the Guardian newspaper in England decided to increase ad revenue by creating a special multi-page section that would highlight one country or region at a time, encouraging related companies, airlines, resorts, and the like, to advertise in that section. In 1977, The Guardian featured a group of islands called San Serif, made up of a small archipelago in the Indian Ocean. Its two main islands, uppercase and lowercase, were grouped roughly in the shape of a semicolon. San Serif had been colonized by Spain and Portugal in the 15th century and was later annexed by Britain in the 17th century. Though the island received independence from Britain in 1967, the recent discovery of oil had increased tension among the Spanish and Portuguese populations, the newer English residents who were all set together against the native Flong community. San Serif was ruled by a dictator, M.J. Pica, who, though reclusive, seemed able to keep the peace among the inhabitants of the nation. This was one of the Guardian's most successful special reports. Companies lined up for ad space, including insurance brokers and soft drink manufacturers. Kodak ran a competition asking for amateur photographers' photos of sans serif. Readers called the Guardian for more information about this little-known nation, and travel agents and airlines were angered by this sudden interest and demand for trips to a nation that did not exist. The Guardian ran that special section 41 years ago today, April 1st, 1977, one of the most successful April Fool's jokes ever. San Serif was entirely made up and its name, a tarted up spelling of the typeface San Serif, and all of the names of places and people were named after printing and typesetting terms. Bodoni, the capital, is a typeface. The two main islands are called upper and lower case, though they spelled it C-A-I-S-S-E. General Pica is named after a unit of measurement in type. Lots of people fell for the joke. Some people, of course, missed it entirely. Others were in on it, including all of the advertisers. And some of them wanted to keep the joke going, including a group that formed the San Serif Liberation Front who wrote angry letters to the Guardian decrying their pro-government slant in the article. While some loved the joke, others hated it, decrying it as a waste of time, an advertising ploy, and what we might now call fake news. 
Whatever you think of April Fool's Day and April Fool's jokes, it is a perfect day to celebrate Easter. After all, all those years ago, the resurrection seemed like a joke, a prank, or worse. A beloved friend, the hoped-for Messiah, had been brutally murdered by the oppressive Roman government. His friends and followers had trusted Jesus, trying to understand his teachings that often sounded foolish. Forgive 70 times seven times. If someone takes your coat, why don't you give them your cloak too? Sell every single thing you have, give it to the poor, then follow me. Oh, and if you want to save your life, you're going to have to lose it. They'd also seen miraculous, ridiculous events. Water turned into wine. A blind man healed by mud made from dirt and a little spit from Jesus and then placed over his eyes. Some of the events seemed like actual pranks. Surrounded by a crowd of 5,000, Jesus tells a couple of disciples, you've got some loaves of bread and some fish, you feed them. And they did. On the Sunday before Passover, Jesus created a procession to enter Jerusalem to rival the Roman military procession, and he enters riding on the back of an ass, mocking the might of the Romans. But though they had gotten somewhat used to Jesus' extravagance, his foolish ways, no one was prepared for him to take the joke so far that he ended up not as the joker, but as the butt of the joke, mocked with a crown of thorns, nailed to a cross of shame. The derisory sign, King of the Jews, hung over him. The joke, it seemed, was on him. The joke that Easter morning all those years ago seemed to be on Mary, sorrowful Mary, who had gone to the tomb for one last glimpse of the one she loved. What she finds is an empty tomb. She runs to tell the disciples, and Peter and John make fools of themselves, competing in a foot race to the grave. Neither of them understand what's happened. Both go home, victims of a joke whose punchline they do not get. Then trickster Jesus shows up looking like a gardener, gently teasing Mary. Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you looking for? Mary pours forth her woes. She doesn't get it yet until Jesus calls her by name. Mary. Suddenly, the scales fall from her eyes. She is in on the joke. What joy she must have felt, laughing to know that God has actually pulled off what he said he would. He took on sin, entered death, defeated both. That's no joke, but it's pure foolishness. And when they started spreading the news, many thought it was a joke, a bunch of fake news. In fact, in the Gospel of Luke, when the women come from the tomb to tell the disciples that they have seen the Lord, the disciples dismiss the story as an idle tale. Garbage, they call it. 
As Christianity spread, some missed the story completely, some thought it was ridiculous. The earliest image of the cross that we have is graffiti. A wall in Rome, it, from about the year 200, it depicts a man worshiping the cross where a man is hung on it with the head of a donkey. Underneath is scrawled a mocking caption, Alex, Alexomanos worships his God. Clearly Christians were seen by many as fools. But some people got God's foolishness, got the wild decision to solve death and sin, not through a law court nor punishment for sinners, but by joining us, we foolish, limited humans, and then by showing us what a God looks like, a man on a cross, a servant of all. And if we get that, if we get what St. Paul was trying to say in his letter to the Corinthians, the cross is foolishness to those who are pairing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For God's foolishness is wiser than human wisdom, and God's weakness is stronger than human strength. Paul tells us that God, God's ways are foolish to many, but not to us. Oh, beloved, oh, beloved, not to us. And then Paul advises us that we too must become foolish. We are fools for Christ's sake, he says. We are fools, fools for the sake of Christ. The holy fool has a long tradition in Christianity, one who takes Christ's teachings to a ridiculous point, actually trying to live in poverty and trying to love everyone, trying to live obediently to God. St. Francis is one of those holy fools, as was his follower, Brother Juniper, who was so committed to giving away his worldly goods that his brothers had to keep an eye on him. He would give away the clothes on his back and then end up naked in the middle of town. But holy fools are more than just fools. They're definitely not a joke. They act in foolish ways to make clear how wild the gospel is, how outlandish our God is, what a trickster Jesus is, and how we who think of ourselves as sane are to take all of these lightly but absolutely seriously. Today, Today, we are on the inside of an amazingly wonderful April Fool's joke. Death has been defeated. Sin is no more. This isn't news from a far away country. It isn't fake news. It is God's very, very good news for us right now, right here. Not everyone gets it. Not everyone wants it. But to those of us who are being saved, it is the power of God. And we who have met the resurrected Jesus are called to be holy fools in a world that is deadly serious with injustice and violence and greed. In the face of a world that is 
foolish in its seriousness and its sad own way, we offer not a white paper, not a policy, not even a theology. Instead, we offer a person the holy fool of God, the resurrected Christ, the one who defeated sin and death and calls us to new life. April Fools, beloved. Even better, happy Easter. Even more. Alleluia. Christ is risen. The Lord is risen indeed. Alleluia. <laughs>